Welcome back, everybody, to the Fandalorian Club on Apocalypse Movies. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on a weekly basis as we are live every Wednesday at 6 o'clock Pacific to talk everything that is the Mandalorian. Um, very fun episode to talk about today. It's left us with quite an interesting conversation regarding story, regarding characters, regarding cameos. Um, lots of stuff to break down today. Very excited to do so. We have uh, Thomas Harper with us today. If you are a fan of the movie trivia showdown you know exactly what he is capable of as far as a star wars fan uh very excited to have him on today and he'll be on in just a few minutes here but brian uh we're getting down to the wire man it's crazy how fast the season it, is flying it's it's crazy that it's already been six weeks um partly because we were kind of like at the end of the bad batch too so putting them up against each other while that was winding down and this was kind of winding back up um yeah we only have two episodes left it's wild to say but only two episodes left. How are you feeling today? I mean, we're only that much closer to Ahsoka, though. Don't get me started. I know, I know, I know. I It's making me want to, since we'll have down periods, making me want to binge Rebels really bad. Like, I've been slowly getting a really bad, like... You just need to do what I do. You just need to, like, gradually throw episodes on here and there. Like, it's all, it's constantly oh, on, yeah. on my TV's, TV, like couple episodes here a couple episodes there and i just blaze the series i'll just make the kids watch an episode a day at work be like an episode a day there's no way you're gonna be able to do an episode a day you're gonna have to do like four episodes a day well i have three periods so i'm gonna go one two three (laughs) the kids aren't gonna know what's going on but i will selfish teacher brian that's okay okay. at the end of the day that's all that matters so that's okay um no yeah yeah, I, i definitely recommend it i mean especially with the bow stuff uh, all the Mandalorian stuff, but yeah. You're acting I haven't already seen it. <laughs> I'm just saying in general, man. I think I've seen it, gone through it twice. And it really? doesn't get, yeah, I've done it twice. It, it just doesn't, it just always hits every single time. That's why it's always on in my house. Yeah. I think, hates, I think it hates when it's on. She's like, why are we watching this again? But I'm always watching it. You're always watching Boy Meets World, though, so that's okay. It's between Rebels and Boy Meets World is what's constantly on at the house. So I mean, it could be That's worse. What I grew up with. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, and Andy, just for just for the record, maybe it's maybe it's the the thumbnail on purpose, my guy. Spoilers, huh? But I didn't even think about that, huh? We don't want to ruin anything for anybody here. Come on now. There was a reason they kept Bo off of all posters and wallpapers before the season started. Now we know why. So, um, but yeah, I mean, look. Very exciting episode to talk about today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Make sure you guys are commenting along uh, with your thoughts. And, and if you guys have questions or um, comments regarding what we are talking about, leave those in the chat. We will definitely bring them up. <clears throat> but let's go and get to it. Let's go and bring our guest on. He is, um, it's hard to say former because he never got to defend it and then lose it. So I'm just going to say Star Wars champion of the world, as well as Dragon Con champion, Mr. Thomas Harper. Hey, we all know oh, where that belt doing? sits. I'm good. <laughs> it's good to see y'all. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah. It's it's been a while. We obviously because of the Schmodown uh, ending, and then not having you on POV for a little bit because of that. Uh, it's definitely been a little bit. Yeah, I've. It's taken me this long to grow this small amount of facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as you can do it, right? Some people just can't do it. So. Well, that's why it's it's every I haven't shaved since the day we last talked. So <laughs> there you go. I love it. That's I have to count that days. That's been a long time. That's it's been, been a while. <laughs> and I will say you still have one of the coolest backgrounds we have ever seen as far as a guest goes. So kudos my wife there. will happily sell this at a very <laughs> steep discount. My biggest wonder right now is since the last time you saw we saw you, how much more has found its way in there. That's what I would love to know. It's a, it's a, it's different. So what's in front of me now. So I am, when we used to talk, I was on the other side of the basement. Since we last talked, we've installed a star Wars bar, a clone <laughs> themed bar down here. So oh, I, man. Uh, I, I modeled it. It is a, a call over. I know we're talking Mandalorian, but I'll bring a, uh, some bad batch in here. 79's the clone bar on Coruscant. Nice. It's not modeled off of that. Cause I'm not, skilled at building like a replica of a, <laughs> a digital set but it's clone themed like the idea if the clones had you know if, if there was a bar that we could create clone. in our world that would be like that so yeah so now i'm on the opposite side of the room that was a fun project that's awesome <laughs> that is awesome 
Well, yeah, that's very, very cool. You'll yeah. definitely have a better better room than any of us will have. That's for sure. Yeah. So that is, that's awesome. Um, all right. Well, before we get to episode six, uh, we just want to hear your thoughts on the season so far. You know, how you've been feeling about the, the previous five episodes and how happy you are that Y Wings have made an appearance. I'm happy and simultaneously sad <laughs> that the New Republic didn't immediately send them into battle. Like, well, we've got Y Wings available. Let's <laughs> let's just deal with this. No, I, I've I've really enjoyed it so far. I like that. You know, I want to see where they go with with Grogu, but I kind of like that they've sort of set him aside for the time being. He's in a huge uh, backseat so far. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. Like that's mm-hmm. the beauty of the show because there were questions I think coming into the season. Where do you go with Grogu from here? It he's he's sort of driven the show through two seasons, and I think so far it's resoundingly shown that he doesn't have to be a front seat player mm-hmm. for episodes to be good. I've really enjoyed it. I really really like this sort of Mandalorian culture subplot and bringing Bo back into the forefront of storytelling. Like that's uh, Filoni uh, fully responsible for that. Yeah, but it's but it's been really good, and I think it 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 gives the the show some legs for the long run. I mean that that's a great point. That's a really good point. I mean, Grogu oh. was literally sidelined this episode. Like, yeah, just you hey, just but as, but, stuff. You just but hang as, out with but as Gordon says, it's Sir Grogu to you. That it's now it Sir is yeah. officially knighted. Some respect yeah. knighted and Grogu he... who who uh, hums and mums when he gets petted on the head. <laughs> you don't do that? No. It's so good. It's funny, and, and not just not just pet by anyone, but pet by Lizzo, too, mm. which, which I'm sure true. we'll get to. I know, I got like whiplash the amount of people. I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let, let's just dive into it, though. Episode six, look, we, we pick up uh, with Din and Bo as they are uh, sent on a mission to explore other Mandalorians and, and get other Mandalorians to join with them, to unite them under uh, what seems to be under bow now, not the armor, but what seems to be bow after the last episode. And now by the end of this episode, definitely under bow. Um, but Brian instant immediate reactions to episode six. What you thinking? Did you like it? Do you love it? Did you not like it? Where are you at? I mean, I, I loved it. I, I mean, every episode, it, it takes a lot to ha- for me to be like, I don't like this episode. <laughs> like, at this point, I'm just kind of like along for the ride. Like, I mean, I, I'm not going to be a negative Nancy and be like, the story didn't press fast enough and far enough and this amount. Of, I, I don't care. <laughs> like, it's whatever. Like, it, this was completely different. From the last time she directed, total 180. Like this was like a almost like a funny, campy, like buddy cop thing. Like it was just it was complete opposite of what she did last time. Which to me, if she can do all these different styles, she needs her. She's done three different. You can kind of say three different genres over three seasons because she told. Uh, the widow story in season mm-hmm. one. She told the bow story in season two with the other Mandos, and then kind of a sequel episode here, which and what Brian's explaining is like a buddy cop. Bryce Dallas Howard has the goods; like she is good at give what her she the does. keys to Jurassic Park. Yeah, that I Come love on. that. Everyone keeps saying give her a Star Wars movie. She's done enough in Star Wars to where I would love to see her in other stuff. And Jurassic Park is really good. That's a really good call. I wonder um, if, they would, if she would like immediately say yes if they did. Maybe. I'm sure she'd ponder, but who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. I love how this show can tell so many different types of stories, but we're still able to have fun and and kind of like get involved with what's happening. I feel like I'm just like there with them every time I watch this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a testament to the writing. It's a testament to the directing and the way that they tell the story. Uh, I'm also just at this moment in time, obsessed with everything Bo-Katan. And so the more her, <laughs> like the more her, the better at this point. And at the end of this episode, I, I put it on Twitter, but I was doing full on air punches for like five straight minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, every, it seems I, like every episode you say that. So by the end, you're just going to be like, big arms because you're constantly <laughs> um but yeah no i i really enjoyed it and it's also always fun to 
step into things that we've never seen before. New worlds, new people, uh, new ways of life. Things that, like the Star Wars galaxy is huge. We've talked about it for years and years about expanding it. And Mando over three seasons has introduced us to more places and more people than we ever have met over many, many years of Star Wars. Um, and it's very fun to see that. And the camaraderie and chemistry between the two of them as well, Din and Bo is great. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, anybody who says they didn't, they might not be looking at the episode as a whole. They're looking at it as like the overall picture, which I get. But I think the episode was great as an individual episode. So, Thomas? I, I agree. This was weird, goofy Star Wars at its best. And I'm really glad that that Favreau and Filoni are okay with that being present and, and, and lean into that. Not everything needs to be Andor level seriousness. And I say that as somebody that would like tattoo Cassian on my back right now. <laughs> but so you like Andor a little bit? A little bit, yeah, okay. a bit. Uh, but it all Star Wars doesn't have to be there. This reminded me of of some of my favorite goofy Clone Wars episodes, like Droids in Distress, uh, where R two and C three PO are just exploring weird worlds, or like the arc with Colonel Mieber Gascon, the little guy that that leads the the crew of droids, where you're going to weird unknown places. It's Jake, as you said, like expanding the fabric of the galaxy, and it's. Uh, you also get significant plot movement. It positions Bo exactly where she needs to go and also gave us, uh, you know, perhaps for the first time, I'm trying to think um, if I'm missing an example here, but for the first time on in live action, a Mandalorian sort of test of strength where, where one person is challenging another for leadership. We've gotten some iconic moments like that in animated uh, in the animated space, both in rebels and clone wars. But it was awesome to see that sort of battle for supremacy, that that sort of core component of Mandalorian culture played out here. So you have this goofy, fun, you know, call the stakes whatever they are for the first part, but it ends in a really meaningful way as far as the overall arc of the story goes. So it's a nice, I thought it was a really well-balanced episode in that regard. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, and we'll get to it, but I am so in love with the, like, old school culture that they are constantly adding to the Mandalorians. Like from what we know to now just learning more about them, like the knighting and it's like Viking versus medieval. And it's like this super cool, interesting combination of so many cultures from the past, but combining them all in one. And we're learning new things every episode. Um, we'll get to it. Cause it's obviously the biggest part of this episode. Um, but Brian, I want you to start us off. So we, we get to this new world we're introduced to this whole new way of life. We get You're cameos. One of my favorite things. In the okay, go ahead. Time. Sorry, my bad. Go ahead. The Mon Calamari. And, oh yeah, the beginning uh, of the episode. That's right. Story. That's right. I That's right. That's right. was rolling laughing at this. Like, <laughs> just like him being like, "But we need to be together." Like it was. I was just like, "They look so good." By the way, in live yeah. action, like they look hey, so good. The, the corn looked even better than they have. Yeah. And the reason I bring this up is because they're doing what I said I wanted at the beginning of the season is I wanted to see more alien species th throughout episodes, even if they're just casually walking around. Mm -hmm. I want to, I don't want to see humans all the time walking around. That was my one biggest complaint of almost all of star Wars is that we are in this galaxy and it's almost always humans. So like just have them be in the background, have them just whatever. So like them starting the episode with this and then they were pretty much throughout the whole entire episode, whether they were in like the Royal throne room, the Jack Black's dinner guests, they were all alien. Exactly. Enjoy, enjoy your secretions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, and then, I mean, honestly, this was probably that I can think of one of the times that we've seen. I mean, we saw humans, aliens, androids in mass form, like in one secular little piece. I don't think we've ever seen that many like interactions at this level. Cause like the droid bar was like every droid we've ever seen. It felt like, uh, including ones from Disneyland, um and 
but and then the aliens all over the place. I, I loved it. And I, I think that is something I'm hoping they start to do more is just even if they're just walking around in the background, they need to have a presence. And that opening was just hilarious. So that's the one no, thing. Thank you. It. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause I did, I did forget that that's how it opened. So that's yeah. Oh opened. my God. I was laughing so hard because it was just so dumb. It was like cheesy romance novel. It's <laughs> <laughs> telenovela. <laughs> yes. It was so good. And she just walks in like, all right, let's go. Come on. I don't have time for this. Like it was just, it was great. I loved the beginning of it. So, but yeah, I love, I love seeing all the different species, humans, droids, everything that is so needed for, at least it, for me to enjoy Cause I don't want to see an all human galaxy. Like we're in that right now. So it's like, give me aliens, weird aliens. So I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. You know, I, th I think uh, they're definitely moving towards that. Obviously Ahsoka, Ahsoka is an alien, so there's a chance of seeing much more of those in, in Ahsoka as well. Um, yeah, no, I thought the opening was great. It was a great little touch, fun little intro, cold open to reintroduce us to the Mandalorians mm -hmm. um, and kind of what they've been up to uh, and seeing what uh, the Mon Calamari and everybody have kind of been up to as well because that's a species in a world that we've touched a little bit but haven't touched like a lot and I would love to see more of them in the future. Um, and maybe we're just kind of inching our way there. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a great cold open and, and kind of um, interesting way to do it all. That's for sure. So and they've nailed the look of the corn too. Yeah. Like it's down to a it's science. Improved. Yeah. They so. look, they look so good. They look mm -hmm. so good. So and now um, you can get into the meat of it. No, it's all good. It's all good. I'll let, I'll let Thomas start uh, Thomas, the beginning of this episode outside of just the cold open, um, when we get to this new world, we're introduced to Jack Black and Lizzo and this high society and interesting world that we've never seen before. What was your first impression of all that? This, I love when we're exposed to new Star Wars and I watch these episodes before the sun comes up. So it's usually <laughs> just this dazed reaction where I'm like wide eyed, <laughs> as wide eyed as you can be at that hour and like, whoa, like trying to soak in everything, but I don't want to pause it. That was the feeling that I got here. You had some some real sort of Mandalore vibes with the domed cities. Yeah. Um, sort of like, I almost thought like, did Mandalore regrow and did they rebuild Sundari? <laughs> That's what a lot like, of people were predicting I, in the trailer because that was a shot yeah. from the trailer and everyone mm -hmm. thought, they were like, ooh, is that a flashback? Or did the Mandalorians re... Like, and no, they're throwing us nope. for a loop again. Plus I love that. I love when they do that and everyone's wrong. <laughs> no one's right there was not one person that predicted that like it was like that's my favorite thing it's like oh, yeah. the conspiracy theories and then it just becomes its own thing and it was it's good like... it, it's perfect for that because yeah you what you get is instead of like a a revisit to a planet that we know and that we've seen in different capacities you get something new and that that expands the galaxy and brian i'm right with you that plazier 15 from the design of it these like hyperloop tubes and how that they're they're both just cool, calm, and collect as it accelerates to like near hyperspeed uh, <laughs> speeds as they go around to just the vibrancy, the colors of of uh, all the costumes and whatnot. This felt like uh, just that that sort of pure feeling of like Star Wars exploration. Like I want to go back and rewatch just for the visuals to, to go look at all of these things. I was like trying to scan quickly the aliens that were at the table, enjoying their secretions. I thought Lizzo's dress and the like digital component that was yeah, like holographic. The holograph or whatever. Yeah. 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 And they don't have to, the, the beauty of stuff like this is that it, the visuals and what's going on conveys a backstory without them telling you all of it. It's sort of like in media res, like getting thrown into it, but not at the beginning of you know traditionally how it's used in film. And I love that because it le it left me wanting to know more. I want to know more mm -hmm. about Captain. It looks like Bombardier, but Bombardier or however they <laughs> they pronounce it. I want to know more about the Duchess. I, I want to know more about his past as an Imperial. And that's when Star Wars is at its best when they tell a story but the fabric is still there and uh, it, it leads me to want to watch more. I'm with you. I'm hundred percent with you. 
Um, it gave me a very uh, Tomorrowland vibe. Yes. Like at its height, like Tomorrowland when it's at its absolute best with the light rail and and all of that stuff. It was very interesting looking to Star Wars. It didn't at times it was like, oh, like, does this fit into Star Wars? But then when you kind of see it all come together, it fits into Star Wars. Yeah. Like It totally fits into Star Wars. Once like the explaining happens and you kind of start to see like the lower levels compared to the higher class, it totally fits into Star Wars. Well, it's and it's also another like one of those things, like how I said about the species, like stop showing you the same humans and like one other species. Same with places. I don't need to go to the same place every single time. Like we get it. We get Tatooine's the desert planet. Like we got it. Like, I mean, I love going there, but like show us something new. Give us something new. And this was like literally like everything. We hadn't seen stuff like this, like a complete created world and completely created new characters for like a while so it's kind of refreshing because it then because like you said it now you're like okay what how did he get in this position what is happening like i i enjoy when they completely change the script so um, all right, before we move on, we did get a super chat. So I'm going to go ahead and bring that up from Tim Sim. Thank you so much, Tim. Hello, uh, Tim. Interesting thing after seeing this episode, I chatted with someone over this and he said that he's been spoiled by Andor and Rogue One, that he doesn't like this episode and wanted Star Wars to say mature. Interesting. Um, that's the beauty of Star Wars. It doesn't have to always be mature. <laughs> I mean, Bo-Katan kicked that guy's ass mature mature loosely mm-hmm. like that's a very yeah, like, term in the, in the moment but like like we had like thomas mentioned earlier the episodes of clone wars with like droids like that's not super mature whereas some of the clone wars episodes were extremely mature like we're able to play in a very loose ground with star wars when it comes to like maturity and seriousness and intensity and stuff like that yeah even the if you if you take the original trilogy, there were chunks of that movie that that catered to all different audiences, even in, in something as serious as Empire Strikes Back. There were goofy moments, you know, that like C-3PO's head is getting tossed around Chewbacca <laughs> by the Ugnaughts and like, uh, you know, he puts uh, C-3PO back together. So like Star Wars has always been a patchwork of these sort of different flavors. And the the best thing about it, if you don't like it, just don't watch it. Just skip yeah. this episode when you rewatch yeah. or, or just watch the end and the fight scene. If, if that's the Star Wars, if that's the flavor of Star Wars that you want, it, it, it's available to you now. If, if yeah, and Jake, you make a great point about the Clone Wars where you had an entire series and Rebels was the same way where you had these sort of big story anchor points like the ah- Ahsoka on trial or you know, the, the conspiracy fives discovering the conspiracy with the clone inhibitor chips but it's always balanced because it's a serialized show the movies were envisioned in that serialized capacity and if you go back to any serialized television show in history they're all like that they're not cut from the same cloth but what i love that lucasfilm has done so far and that disney has embraced is the the willingness to take certain aspects of the franchise and and dedicate them to that that more serious vibe you're gonna get an andor season two i would wager to guess that ahsoka is going to have some really serious components to it um there's always going to be a space for you in the fandom and that's what makes this this fandom second to none agreed agreed echo everything um all right next part of this episode that we can kind of break in break into is the droid aspect of all this kind of the the big chunk in the middle here um, so Bogotan and Mando or Din, I should say, uh, are here to look for other Mandalorians. They want access to talk to other Mandalorians and Jack Black and Lizzo are basically saying, we'll give you access if you do something for us, which we've seen a million times in television and, and, and film. And it's totally okay. Cause it totally fits. It makes sense. If you're someone in their position and you have two Mandalorians sitting in front of you, of course, you're going to want their help. Like, and they explained it too. they, I also, that's what I was going to say. I like that they didn't just be like, well, if you do this for us, we'll do something for you. It was more like, hey, we're in a bind. Like our hands are tied by these people. Or yeah. Literally our people. Like we can't do something. Like, do you mind taking care of this? And it was like, no. Like, 
Yeah, so we see a big story sequence of them chasing down where the droids are kind of coming from. Who's reprogramming them? I don't know why I had a hard time saying that. Reprogramming. Reprogramming, thank you. Um, Ugnaughts are involved. Really cool scene with Bo not being able to communicate with them, but because of what Din has gone through in the past with Queel, his ability to communicate with them, and then that quite amazing scene of din just kicking over battle droids which was absolutely fantastic <laughs> love the moment so much giant chase scene downtown um brian I'll, I'll let you start us off here what did you think about everything regarding the droids i mean any anytime i get to see prequel stuff like my child heart gets like super excited like then those were always ah oh, no that's not true i was gonna say those were my favorites but i like droid because i like uh, that battle droids have just made a huge resurgence Yes. And I mean, it was just, I mean, they make sense to be like repurposed to be mm-hmm. like lifters and stuff like that. It made sense. It wasn't just like a, uh, like a, oh, look, we're going to put battle droids and stuff in it. Like it wasn't just like a fan service. Um, no, they were literally lifting and doing stuff. And it's funny because it was giving me like slight like Wally where like the humans are too lazy now. So they just <laughs> have machines do everything for them um but din was kind of a badass this episode like he like almost i think every single time like took over and was right like she wanted to talk he started kicking the droids she went to the ugnaughts communicating be nice he did it his way and got through so it was kind of like cool because it was really in a way like reckless but it worked and yeah i i mean i was sold once i saw the old battle droids like i was like okay we're good just continue on it uh it's been interesting for din obviously ever since or from the first time we met him he was (laughs) against all droids just period whatever kind of droid it was he was absolutely against but over time that transition, his experience with IG-11, obviously. But then as the droid and the story kind of came along, like R5, for example, he's all about the droids that are much more like on a lower level compared to the action-oriented droids. The second someone or a droid comes into play and has the ability to kill someone who can endanger someone, who kind of makes him reflect on his past, obviously, because those are the specific droids that attacked his home Everything goes out the window. He is all about figuring this out, getting to the bottom of it, just turning the place upside down and do what he possibly can because we haven't seen that from him in a while. He's been very calm and collected a lot of the time, and he kind of has these moments of, of doing something. This is the first time we've seen Din like this in quite a bit, and it was fun to see because he has been so level-headed for such a long time on this very straight path to a specific area and you put him in a situation like something like this, everything just gets thrown out the window and it's a completely st- different style of Din. And I really, really enjoyed it. I agree with you, Brian. He kind of did take over. I love the bow moments, obviously, cause I love her, but um, seeing Din kind of take over and do what he needed to do was very, very cool. I think about the last time we saw him interact with a battle droid. He's a kid mm-hmm. or a super battle droid and a super battle droid was about to kill him before he got yeah. rescued. Yeah. <laughs> by Mandalorian. So this is like the droid type that he probably has the biggest uh, axe to grind against. So I I loved seeing him kick them while they were walking around just trying to do their job. <laughs> it also makes it, this is a great example. And the like the inclusion of the droids here is a great example of fan service that is story driven because it's it's an obvious prequel callback that's going to scratch a lot of itches there. But it just makes sense. Millions of these things were in service during the Clone Wars. It absolutely makes sense that they would still be around. They got deactivated. Not all of them got decommissioned and scrapped. So they're they're out there. I, heck, uh, some of the earlier Thrawn books revolve around him getting droid parts and, and dealing in, in old Separatist tech. So I love this, this feel. It, it makes the universe feel that much realer because the the vestiges of old conflicts or the vestiges of old stories are still hanging around and being used in different ways like society is finding a way to to sort of adapt and and use these things in different capacities and and i thought that was great 
I also thought that the business of, um, you know, just the, the larger politics of everything, there's still this like separatist um, bend to things, this like open wound that still hasn't been healed from the Clone yeah. Wars that that permeates with the use of these droids. And you have that layered on top by the guy at the top, the bombardier is is a former Imperial who's sort of like not just operating on the amnesty program, which is I think is a fantastic topic to dive into. But he's on a planet that is like it seems a lot like post-World War II Japan, where it's like you're not allowed to have a military anymore because of stuff you did in the past. So you got to navigate within these real narrow straits. And I, I think that's just fantastic. It just makes it feel that the, the, it enriches the fabric of this, the Star Wars universe. And that's what I love the most. That's awesome. Uh, I want to take a quick sidebar just off of something that you said, Thomas, because I'm very, very interested. Um, you have you obviously have a very big military military background. What do you think of the amnesty program? And I don't know if if there is something like that in real life, like how extent it is. But what is your feelings about the amnesty program coming from your background? I, I think I don't know of another way for the New Republic to handle it because you had tens of thousands of Imperials at all levels. Everyone from, you know, I'm thinking in, in Andor, like the low level clerks that are working, you know, in like an Imperial Information Bureau, punching buttons and, and cataloging stuff all the way up to the Grand Admiral Thrones of the world. And so how do you deal with all those folks? There's not a cookie cutter approach to it. And it mirrors real life. You pick your war and in the wake of all of them, there are not enough resources on the planet. And in this case, in the galaxy, this is the best kind of guest, guest <laughs> appearance. She always um, dive bombs him too. That's yeah, I love it. No, but there are not enough resources or manpower in the galaxy to be able to, to put everyone through like a judicial process or prosecute them. And that also just doesn't make sense as you try to rebuild and, and heal after a conflict. So, you know, the American Civil War, the Revolutionary War, time and time again, World War II, uh, time and time again, you have this reintegration of lots of folks that don't face uh, judicial consequences for one reason or another. And you have a selection of folks, uh, folks like Moff Gideon, that are targeted, and that's where the resources are invested to prosecute. Doesn't mean that. Yeah, you know, they weren't all bad guys, but you got to rebuild society. And the New Republic is in the business of rebuilding the galaxy and governing less than it is, uh, you know, grinding axes and, and holding grudges. Um, you know, I, I think they're they're on a path to healing. And, uh, you know, the the that pathway is paved by forgiveness. As much as it is about holding folks to account for you know things that they did wrong. Getting operation paperclip. Yeah, it was an interesting take that I just wanted to I wanted to hear. Obviously, so um, thank you for that, Thomas. Uh, The the next next part of all this is uh, after Bo and Din track down the droid that went rogue, shoot him down. uh, They go full detective mode. They try to figure out what's going on. Leads them to a droid bar. Which, but by the way, I also love those little police droids. How yeah. they like, <laughs> set up the yellow tape. <laughs> this is a crime scene. This yeah, is a crime this scene. Is a crime scene. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's the creativity of droids this season specifically. Those uh-huh. droids. Um, then you have Grief Karga's robe droids. Like there's some, <laughs> yes. there's oh, some really really good uh, creative ways to bring droids into the fold for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna let the dogs out real quick. So, droid bar. The situation of Detective from Bo and Din. Brian, take it over, and then I'll be right back. Um, I am obsessed with the droid bar uh, and the amount of droids in the droid bar. Packed. It was packed. Yes, and it was like every... Like, I a couple times was like, all right, this one's not in the... Oh, yep, nope, there it is in the corner. (laughs) Like, it's like... And anytime I get to see my old friend... That drove me around on the Star Tours ride. Yes. Uh, I love those droids. And now he's a DJ. I mean, what <laughs> he's living life. Now he's in a bar. But it's just, yeah. I, I, I'm obsessed with the droid bar. Like, it's, it was, it's kind of cool seeing them, like, have a place they can go. And they were acting like normal people. And then 
the freaking lines that uh, the bartender was dropping where it was like their lives are so like short and they treat us pretty well. Like that, yeah. like I don't remember the specifics, but I was just like sobering. Dang. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> like, dang, like that is, that is kind of deep. Yeah. So, Why would we harm you? You're going to be here for such a short period. Yeah. As it, it was like, Oh, they're not wrong, but that's like really kind of deep for a yeah. droid to be saying. Um, but I'm I'm obsessed with the droid bar. Uh, yeah. Obsessed with it. I love how unnerved they all were, despite being robots. Uh-huh. When two humans walk in, it was just like a pin drop silence. <laughs> it it was like I, I this is was absolutely planned, but it was it it was the strongest callback that I've felt in we've gotten a lot of bar scenes, but to the original cantina scene in a new hope where it just like Mm. record scratch. uh, I was ready for like a, we don't serve your kind in here, but that would have been a little on the nose. Um, But yeah, I was with you. I'm like, they're, they're showing cuts and shots and you see all the different style droids and types Mm. that are in there. I immediately, I'm so glad that we got an answer about what they were drinking. Cause I was like, what, what is this? What do you, what do you possibly serve in a droid bar? Um, but I like that they have their little bastion and it's like kind of macabre that they the idea that all the humans that they're working for could be dead and they just keep coming back and like hanging out like, so who's your new master? Well, so and so I I really the, the droid bar overall was was great. I thought it was a great touch. It's it's I think when we saw the original trailer, everyone's like, "Ooh, droid bar. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved how it was it was weaved into the story. Like that, it was a major part of the story, obviously, uh, with what they were drinking, and it was a specific batch of what they were getting, um, and it's just a very creative way of kind of just bringing that all together. Uh, I loved the head droid, or at least the bartender was kind of involved in in helping them and answering some questions and whatnot. And it shows that they're more than just mechanical beings who are told what to do or have one job, one purpose. Brian, you write that line of them talking about how like how they could literally live forever and see owners and owners and owners just pass on and pass on through their lifetime. Um, it gives life to droids more. And we've seen it over Star Wars, but it they seem to be pressing it more and more, which I'm really enjoying because um, they aren't just mechanical beings. They're they're much more than that. So uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great part of of this episode and this story specifically. Um, I hope they don't kind of just dial back on the droid stuff now that they told it. I hope that it just kind of continues with a nice fluid motion forward um, because they're a big part of Star Wars. Like when we talk about Star Wars droids, it's always a thing. Like, all right, there's a new movie announced. What's the droid that they're going to bring yeah. into this? So yeah. um, I'm, I'm glad they're doing this the TV show. It, it adds much more to the show when they do this. Droids can literally have their own like thing like the cartoon series in the 80s yeah yeah i mean it's it to me it's it's on par with like okay we have human series of star wars obviously like we could easily do series where there's no humans yeah you wouldn't watch a k2so show please exactly (laughs) so it's like why not like i mean give me afro's murder droids all day long like I would don't get me started, Brian. I know, but I'm saying like it it's almost kind of like, why haven't you guys done like a main thing around droids yet? So but then again, it's like, why haven't you done things about other alien races? So well, it probably obviously it probably comes down to the money aspect. Oh um, yeah. Sure. It's it and that's where animation comes into play. It's it's easier that way with animation. Um but I mean, yeah, I mean I'd be all for it. If it's even if it's like a like a two episode special, I would be yes. all for them telling um, just a droid just like story, a droid rebellion thing. Like, how much did we love in Solo that like rebellion? Like that yes. was so good. Like, give me one yeah. of those. I'll do a little one off, like a little holiday, a little life day special. That's yeah, Mar- Marvel's to. doing the special presentations. Why yeah. can't Star Wars? Yeah, do exactly. Go. That's a good idea. There you go. Lucasfilm, call us. Yeah. Um. All right. So look. Bo and Din, they wrap up the the droid storyline. We figure out where it's coming from. Christopher Lloyd getting back to his villainous ways. I love it uh, because I love me some Christopher Lloyd. Obviously, Back to the Future fame, but he's very big villain in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
Um, I love that little callback there. Uh, I love that they didn't called... suspect the bad guy named Commissioner Hellgate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is by the way, that's, a, that's yeah. a great. That is a great Star Wars name, Hellgate. It is. It's, it's a great, really great star, especially an imperial name or a separatist name. That's a great <laughs> name. Um, Duke who was a visionary. <laughs> I and I love. That's a great line to drop yeah. too, just to call it all back. That's a really, really good line. So that was. I'll... I was like 30 honest. plus years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be completely honest. Like when I first saw him, I was like, really? Like, that's kind of what we're going to do. We're just going to make him like the security officer. And just that, like, it felt like, uh, I was like, oh, they're fan servicing it. Cause they, I mean, it was when we found out he was going to be in star Wars, like people were like, holy crap. Like he's going to be in star Wars. Um, and then the payoff at the end where he just like just turns on a dime and the things he's <laughs> saying, Dooku was visionary. Like I was just like, hell yes. <laughs> like this is this is like a episode of Clone Wars where it just like all of a sudden turns and someone's a separatist. Like and again, it's giving prequel love and just even just hearing Dooku's name, it's just like that's like someone cool. someone 30 years later is still hanging on to that and it makes sense because cool. he's cool. a yeah. older guy that is like it's not just some like whatever like he, star wars it, boomer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make the galaxy great again that's yeah. awesome that's awesome oh, man I, um, I i loved what they did with his character like it was I agree. I agree. it was i was worried that it was going to be wasted at first but then it was like okay like it got it got like he that's a good character at the end yeah i agree not not literally he was a bad character <laughs> i love his insignia it looked like a variation on the rebel republic insignia like if it had mm. exploded out but very ornate i love it yeah um okay so wrapping up everything with jack black lizzo christopher lloyd and everything inside the city we finally get to see Bo and din go up to Casca Reeves, Axe Wolves, and the rest of the Mandalorians in the fleet. Um, and we have this great moment, which we touched on in the beginning of the episode, of Bo challenging Axe for uh, the leadership of the Mandalorians and for them to follow her. Um, and we get this really cool standoff between the two of them. Very, again, medieval Viking way of doing it as far as one-on-one, I'm challenging you for this. Uh, Axe accepts, as I hoped he would, and we get a really—he looks really... scared. <laughs> huh? he looked, he looked scared when he—he he definitely said. looked nervous, and he—and it, it felt—it definitely felt like one of those times where he could have said no to be like, "Why do I need to challenge you? Like, I have what I—I I need. I have what I want. I have what I love. I don't need to do that." But I'm glad he did. It's—we don't have to go there. So, um, but we get a great battle between the two of them. Like, we very different styles of fighting for the two of them. We get some really cool moments with some weaponry, uh, classic Mando uh, weapons. Um, Thomas, just thoughts on the fight before we get to the end of the episode. What did you think about all the challenge and the battle between the two of them? I will never get over the use of the jetpack mid battle, like to accelerate <laughs> yourself and spear somebody. Like yeah. that's brilliant. Um, and I love that Bo Katan really uses it a lot. Like they're in the chase mm -hmm. scene earlier, and she uses it to accelerate a jump. So that was phenomenal. They they both had distinct fighting styles, which really made the scene. I think. Um, I, I can't get over some of my favorite moments in the clone wars were these like duels, you know, uh, uh, Bo-Katan or, or I should say pause Vizsla versus, or not pause, um, pre Vizsla versus Darth Maul. And, uh, just some of these Ahsoka versus Maul, just some of these Mandalorian style standoffs and challenges. Um, and to get one in live action was incredible. And it, it felt a little like if you've played Street Fighter, like a Street Fighter level where like I'm thinking of um, what's his name? Guide who's got the uh, he's like the American military dude who's got like the jets and stuff in the background on his level. And uh, yeah, it just felt like a, a, a scene out of a fighting video game, like old school style. And I love that all the man, like a lot of very combat capable fighters there that were just kind of standing in awe. Yeah. Yeah. And what was going through my mind the entire fight, or at least at the beginning of the fight scene, was like 
Bo's history. Like she's bringing all that experience yep. to bear. Like Axe, I don't know if you know everything about her. <laughs> He's it's he kind of gives this vibe like regarding her as washed up a little bit. Yeah. Like you've been around, you're dusty, and man, uh, she turns that all on its head. I agree. I agree. It it definitely felt like Bo released however long it's been five, 10, 15 years worth of anger on Axe Woves and kind of what she's been through. She um, and there was, there was nothing that was going to stop her from winning that fight, no matter what she had to do. And I do love that, you know, maybe, maybe in a different version of star Wars 20 years ago, Bo-Katan, a different show, we would have seen a different ending for Axe when Bo was in that situation. But because of where Bo is at and what she's been through and what she's trying to do, that line of Mandalorian stand better united. Like it's mm-hmm. everything that I hoped we would be getting to as my laundry goes off. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, <laughs> it's everything I hoped we'd be getting to for this show. And it's yeah. the show is about uniting the Mandalorian culture back together. And it's so interesting that three seasons in, we all figured Dan, like Din's the future. Din's the future. No, like this whole Din season can't even use about, the dark saber. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's been about pushing her up and bringing her back to a point where she feels not just comfortable enough, but good enough to stand in front of them and be like, this is what needs to happen because Bo last season, Bo at the beginning of this season, she doesn't feel a certain way to be able to stand atop all the other Mandalorians and guide them. And now she is at that point and I love it. It was a big moment for her. It was a big step for the character, big step for the story. Um, the action was obviously very cool. And me being a Viking fanatic, I'm like, yeah, this is what I love to see. <laughs> um, it was just very, very cool. So I, I'm, I'm glad we got that moment. The music too was great. Um, just overall really good stuff. Uh, they were definitely doing some death like blows like the knives yeah. like i was like uh, yeah. oh like whoa, someone... whoa easy <laughs> yeah i was and then after the yield like she kept i was like is someone supposed to die at the end of this because like <laughs> this doesn't look like it's yeah. just like hand hand like basic i mean you got the flamethrower you got the cable just like i I love when they use a cable. Me the too. The cables, yeah, me too. Probably my favorite. Well, and Bo used it midair, which is yes. so cool. Yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, like Thomas said earlier, how they used the jetpack. Like she was like bouncing off the mm-hmm. sides. Of, it was just, uh, I loved. It's just it's cool seeing her be just as badass as she was in the animated. Yeah. In live action, and. Katie Sagoff is just absolutely destroying this role. Like mm-hmm. it, no one else could have played this character. She's like, the MVP of this season. hundred yeah. percent. Like yeah. it's, she is embodying what it is to be a Mandalorian. Like, like if I had to think of one, like I'm going to look at you, it's going to be like Boba Fett and then you and Boba Fett's kind of shaky. Like you're the literal, like, here is your guidebook. And yeah. she's just, I, I, and it's funny because I was always annoyed by her in the comic or in the animated, just because she always was so stiff. Like, she's just so rigid. Who's laughing now, Brian? I know. And now, yeah, complete opposite. Now, now I'm like, what? Let her do more stuff. Put Din yeah. to the side a little bit. But how about, how about that last moment where she ignites the dark saber? Oh, just, oh, uh, yeah. You're like, finally, yes. I Yeah, like, again, I I said it up top, but I was fist bumping the entire time. Like, just doing it. I was just like, yes, like air punches. Um, I love the camera angle because it's an upward shot. So it's like, it makes her look like she's standing on like a hilltop per se. Mm -hmm. And she's lighting the Darksaber. But I mean, look, that moment. And it's funny. I saw, I don't know if it was like, because TikTok is TikTok or a YouTube video of someone bringing up the point of what Din just made about how he was, he lost the saber. Like he lost the saber. I, I had been wondering that since the first, (laughs) since that episode, I was like, didn't he technically lose it? Like she say, like that's what I, the only one, Brian. So I saw it. And so Din lost it. And then that creature lost it 
to Bo. So she's been the rightful one the entire time. Yep. And Din has clearly been holding on to it for like the right moment. He's been <laughs> yeah. hanging he on to it maybe because he's like, maybe he's just like, oh, you know what? I don't want to give it up. I want to maybe prove that I can do it. And then he's finally just like, okay, yeah, no, I can't do this. He's like, and this he, thing's too heavy. I'm done. And it. he sees he sees Bo rocking it and killing it. And I mean, what a cool moment again to, and not just like privately, but in front of everyone. Like that's the big point here. Yeah. Is he did it in front of all of the Mandalorians that left her, not not the armorer and Paz and all of them, but the ones where the dark saber means the most. It means yeah. the most to them, and to do it in front of them is a big, big deal. I mean, the next two episodes, we got we got a group of Mandalorians to follow. It's gonna be dope. Yeah. Who may? Yeah. I was like, boom, lawyered. It was it was a lot like if you remember in the last season of the Clone Wars when Rex makes this like technical argument about Ahsoka not really being a Jedi, so she's yeah. not subject to Order sixty six. Uh, I was like, this is beautiful here. You just you're trying to lawyer a bunch of group, a bunch of Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's Jake, still gonna have to fight for it, but yeah, that's okay. Jake, if you wanna. Look at her holding it one more time. I put it in the overlay. Oh, um, but oh yeah, yeah, here we go. I'll, I'll bring it up. Here we go. It's just yeah, nice. That's it's so just, sick. Yeah, it seeing her be the one holding it just feels right. Like in a way, well, like, she just knows how to hold it. Din is yeah. Din's like he's like. <laughs> uh, uh. I love when it's just like hanging. Like it's just like he's. At least like, we got uh. to see him use it one more time in the episode. Yeah, that's fair. Before he handed it off. You know, but even when he did that, it looked like he was like, oh, yeah, just it falls straight to the ground. It just yeah. falls straight to the ground every time. It's, it's too heavy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And but. honestly, look, like I know the conversation has always been about like Din being Mandalore, reuniting Mandalore, holding the Darksaber, him and Grogu. I think where we're headed with the Mandalorian culture and how Bo is really adamant on a new way for Mandalorians. I'm okay with her having it like I, maybe maybe two seasons yeah. ago i was a different story or when the dark saber was first introduced but as the story has gone on and where we're currently at i am 100 percent okay and happy that she does have it and hopefully she keeps it like hopefully it doesn't like rotate back and forth but oh, I, I am i'm all on board for her having the it. only way she's getting rid of that is if someone kills her because she she's like i finally got this thing i yeah. <laughs> Lop my head off. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, it's it feels at least to me like it feel it always kind of felt like oh yeah cool he has it but it felt like she should have had it. It feels like the last piece of the puzzle just went into the puzzle. Yes, which to me this tells me if she's got that dark saber, you are damn sure he's getting to ride the mythosaur. Like I there's guess, yeah. there it's not like she doesn't get both. It's it's gonna you be interesting. it's it's gonna be very very interesting on where it goes. I'm very yeah. curious. Um, yeah, and we only have two episodes, which is scary to think about. But um, all right. Well, before we start to wrap up, we did get two super chats. I want to make sure I get them up here uh, to to discuss them. The first one's from Tim Sim. Thank you, Tim. Thoughts on the season so far with two episodes to go and where it could wrap up in those episodes. Thought it was slow and didn't get hooked until episode five. Ooh, interesting. Episode five. But some thought the season and Din's character regressed. Thomas, why don't you kick us off? Can I wait before we, yeah. Thomas, you answer that? I was going to ask ask you which episode has been your favorite so far. Kind of along with what Tim's saying. Yeah, I think uh, my recollection of episode numbers is worthless, but um I really like the episode uh, where Bo finally gets brought into the covert and you start to bridge that gap because what's beautiful here is it's a massive payoff. This season has been for folks who have watched the clone wars, who have watched rebels, who have sort of absorbed Bo-Katan's fuller story arc and the Mandalorian's fuller story arc, because you have all these pieces out there where the, the, society has been fractured even pre-empire uh, you have death watch and and the new mandalorians who are at odds uh the, the society never felt stable the empire comes along obviously you have the um yeah the the purge there on on mandalore and super commando just like all sorts of divisions division 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 
she is this great vessel for bringing everyone together because she's able, as uh, the armorer said, to walk both ways. And I think it's beautiful. Like the hindsight that has come in from this season is awesome that it takes someone walking both ways, both worlds to be able to bring this uh, culture back together because you've always had this great divide between sort of the, the, we'll call it the Orthodox Mandalorians that are like locked on this like old school culture and, and the sort of core warrior mentality and those who want to advance and, and, you know, branch the culture out into other things. She's able to, to uh, be the span that, that brings those two sides together and quite literally nobody else can do it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been a massive payoff. Uh, And, and for those that haven't gone out and watched, I hope this is a good excuse for you to go, consume you know go binge clone wars go binge rebels because the payoff of this season will be even uh even greater once you do i think you are very right in that sense the ones that don't know as much people that didn't watch clone wars and rebels are probably the ones that aren't enjoying it as much as the people that did that i mean i would love to see because I have been texting a couple of my friends. They're like, I don't really even understand what's going on at this point. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you not? But then it's like, well, I mean, that's true. Like there was a lot of stuff like we know from Bo-Katan's Clone Wars stuff. And so it's like, I, I'm, I would be very curious to see the like versus like who has watched the animated versus who has it and see who's mm-hmm. which side is enjoying it or not more. Yeah, because otherwise, the the recap of this episode at the the first sixty seconds or so, that's all you know of Bo. If if this is all you've watched, they they meet her aboard aboard a ship. Uh, you know, she she helps save Grogu. She's got some sort of checkered past, and she's trying to reassemble a fleet. And that's about all you get. That's enough to tell a story, but it's not enough to to give the full flavor of a character. And I'm glad that they don't care that the storytellers are like, this is the vehicle that we're going to tell the story through. This is the story we want to tell. You don't have to go watch the other stuff to enjoy it, but if you do, it's going to be better. Yeah. Fair. Uh, All right. One last super chat before we start to wrap up here. This one's from Andy. Andy, thank you so much. As much as I enjoy the similarity to rebels, I think it would have been much more interesting to see Din and Bo fight for it because he's so terrible with it and he gets his ass whooped. Uh, I think that's exactly why he chose not to fight. Yeah, Jack right. He, knew. He, probably, he probably knew exactly <laughs> what was about to happen. Um, no, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I, I definitely think that at the beginning of the season, before everything started, I did have the inkling of like, okay, I do think they're going to challenge one, one another at some point. Like, it just felt like that's kind of where we were headed. Mm-hmm. But as the season has gone on, I like the decision of what's being made because of where Bo's story has gone with the armor, with seeing the mythosaur, with her kind of reinvention of herself and where she's headed as not just a Mandalorian, but as a leader. Um, so as much as I would have loved to see an action sequence of a battle for the dark saber, that's the old way of doing it. And we've seen, as Bo says, it doesn't work. Like it just does not work that way. And I think she's trying to create something new. And Din clearly understands that. Plus, he doesn't he know. never wanted it he doesn't he doesn't know how it works and what's supposed to happen he doesn't even he didn't even know what the dark saber was until he yeah. found it like he it literally went more sense this way in that when he got it he was like here yeah like no i can't take it now and he's like i, I don't want it like here didn't Din with the dark sabers like when my little sister got an n64 like the year it released and i'm like what do you you don't even know what this is like why do you have this I'm taking it like <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> it's I mean it's fair. The dif- the difference is we battled for it and we yeah. You know, I, I'll leave the uh, the result out but we did in <laughs> fact have a battle. <laughs> it, it makes sense. It like I said for me at least it never seemed like he was the one that should have had it. At least to me. Yeah. I just never like he never wanted it. He sucked using it. It was just, it just always felt like it wasn't in the right hands. Now it does. Cause it's like, I mean, that's all she ever really wanted, but she's also grown quite a bit from 
when we saw her in Clone Wars and Rebel, I'm drastically almost like 180 because she was and, so. And Andy said in the comment because I may, I said it while I was talking. He said, but they also established that handing off the saber didn't work either. You're 100 mm -hmm. percent right, but uh, Bo was a very different person then, and it, it could yeah. result the same exact way. Who knows? But she I mean, was very different from when she got handed it off uh, in Rebels from Sabine. So, I mean, didn't she? Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. In the episode that she saved him, didn't she grab it and go like, here, you drop this or something? Like, yeah. mm -hmm. So like, I mean, it wasn't so much handed to her as like, you were the one that technically found it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was fine. I don't think, I don't, if people are getting worked up over it, you're over looking he's gonna write a mythosaur at some point just chill like that's gonna be way cooler um all right well thomas one last question before we get out of here yeah. uh we asked this to all our guests here because there is a few episodes left is there or what is the kind of one thing that you would love to see uh before seasons end whether it be a character thing something happened on screen is there one thing that stands out above the rest it should be good because you got a y-wing so what else could you want that's true that's true <laughs> those in battle i so we know moff gideon's coming back yeah i i want to see him aboard a like a remnant like a rogue imperial Ooh. remnant superstar destroyer That'd be like cool. one of those we I, mm. the, I go but like the very first trilogy of books the aftermath trilogy there was like a bit about the the missing catalog of superstar destroyers. Like That'd not all cool. of them were accounted for. So uh, that would be amazing. Like I'm up. Guess who upgraded? <laughs> <laughs> you can have my light cruiser. That'd be that'd be very cool. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's six episodes in. We have not seen. We've only heard heard about him twice. So he obviously is coming. Uh, either escaped captivity or was taken from a captivity. I. Right. Am I the only one that still thinks that Axe Woven them are the ones that got him out? Could be. Could be a frame. They're trying to frame Mandalorians for this. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, it's it's definitely definitely up in the air. Like there are multiple possibilities. Because we have two groups of Mandalorians and that the the dark troopers just sitting there. Who knows? Like maybe there's no. more of them out there. Um that could I want to see them. more of um oh my god, what's her face? Casca? No. Um he, Gideon's like right hand lady. Oh, uh right. yeah, you're talking about Katie O'Brien's character. It, yes. Yeah. Eli Eli yes. God, I she's been so good. I I can't wait to see those two link up again. Oh yeah, we'll definitely see her by season's end for sure. Yeah. So and by the way, I didn't realize it, Thomas, when you said his like I went and looked at the chess piece on uh, Hellgate's thing. Mm -hmm. it, it is very similar to the High Republic logo. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like they mashed them together. It's it is. It's literally like they layered them on top of each other. So, yeah. I just interest. I mean, it's probably literally just irony, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up the fan and Lauren club this week, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, commenting along. Thank you guys so much for the super chats. Uh, those of you who sent those in, we really, really appreciate it. And, uh, Thomas, before we get out of here, make sure you let everyone know on or where they can find you online, whether it be Twitter or anywhere else in the space, uh, shout out those uh, places for everyone. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter over at, uh, at Thomas L Harper there on the overlay, uh, mostly just yell about Y wings into the void. Uh, but, yeah, love to engage on there. I will not be at Celebration, sadly, so my FOMO is strong this week. But for those of you who are lucky enough to be out there for it, um, you know, bring me something back nice, I guess. <laughs> uh, in, in, in a work capacity, uh, for those of you that know, I work for the Red Cross and we do a lot of um, like pop culture type stuff, uh, teaching the laws of war. And so on May 4th, uh, that evening we'll have a presentation on star Wars and the law of war. So that's, that's awesome. our annual tradition. Look out for that on my Twitter. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. The, ahead, isn't it like the, what is it? Like the Jags types show ish one. I have, oh, you did it at comic con like that type. 
Yeah, like a like a mock trial type yes, deal. Yes, yes, yes. Like, yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've gotten to do something like that. Uh, but yeah, that the legal geeks is uh, legal still geeks, active with them. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for joining us no, uh, thank today, you. hanging out and, and talking Mando and Star Wars. We really appreciate it. It's good to see you. Good to talk to you. Good to see you all. Uh, glad everything is going well. Uh, for everyone watching, you guys know where to find us. You're here every week. All the links in the description below. You can click those down there for myself, Brian, and the rest of the Apocalypse crew as well. Um, check out tomorrow morning. The Bad Batch finale review is coming out. We were able to record one. We apologize for being a tad bit late, but our review will be up tomorrow morning around 9 a.m., um, that was Brian and myself for about a half hour talking about that tragic ending to the season two of the Bad Batch um, and where we think uh, season three will be going. So check that out. And of course, if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Leave your thoughts in the comments below. And as always, thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye, guys.